Hello, thanks for pressing play and welcome to The Next Frontline, the future of manufacturing, operational excellence, Industry 4.0, and the people building it. This is your host, Eric Dunn. Besides having conversations with operations leaders, I also have conversations with subject matter experts on issues, technologies, and trends that greatly impact manufacturing. And there are few trends as important today as the focus on sustainability. Today, it is my pleasure to present my conversation with Nigel Lenigan. Nigel is the Executive Director at Energy and Carbon Reduction Solutions. He has over 15 years of experience helping pharmaceutical companies to minimize their carbon footprint and executing other sustainability projects that reduce energy consumption. Nigel started his pharmaceutical industry career 30 years ago as an apprentice in AstraZeneca and later specialized in engineering and building facilities and clean rooms for pharmaceutical companies. Nigel shares how companies in all industries can and should accelerate their sustainability efforts by reducing energy consumption and their CO2 emissions before they invest in expensive solutions on the energy supply side. We talk about why operations leaders should act today on sustainability rather than sometime in the future, and about the role of frontline workers in sustainability efforts. Please join me in welcoming Nigel Lenigan. Nigel, thank you so much for being here with us today. You're welcome. Let's jump directly into your experience. I mean, you've been in the pharma industry since you were an apprentice. Do you recall how that opportunity came to be? <laughs> yeah, it was as simple as um, I wanted to be uh, a building services engineer, so heating, ventilation, air conditioning, like my dad. But my dad uh, used to be on site, and I didn't want to get my hands dirty. So, um, so it was it was through my dad really as I as I started. How do you get particularly into the world of industrial sustainability? So I think because I was in the pharmaceutical sector for so long, sort of, you know, I guess it was probably thirty years now. I've seen quite a lot of changes, and um, you know, climate change is one of those things that has changed. So I guess in terms of a sustainability perspective, the pharmaceutical sector didn't really worry about uh, climate change and sustainability. And now they're starting to. But I think probably 10 years ago, I sort of, it, it came to me sort of in a dream, as it were, that, um, that how can the pharmaceutical sector make people's lives better, yet destroy the planet with lots of energy, lots of carbon emissions. So it just occurred to me that the natural progression for the pharma sector would become, would be sustainability. And I started then to, to follow that path. There's a great, a great reason to get into it. And I imagine what you're saying about the pharma industry could be said about so many other verticals as well, right? Uh, absolutely. I think, well, any company that uses a lot of energy needs to well, just to find, from a financial, a sustainable, just a business sustainability perspective, energy energy is going to become more and more expensive. Uh, carbon fuel, uh, fossil fuels are going to be less available and more expensive. Carbon emissions are going to be taxed invariably. So naturally, if you're a heavy energy user, 
I think you have to look towards sustainability, even from a business perspective. I mean, it saves money. It's a it's it's a win win win. It's you know, there's no bad news really with energy efficiency and energy reduction. It's just finding the opportunity. And and I'll jump into that particular subject of how to convey this win 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 equation to uh, industrial leaders. But before I go there, I mean, you've been in the industrial sustainability area before it was cool. So, uh, you know, for about, you say you've been paying attention for about at least 30 years. How have you seen industrial sustainability in general evolve since the early days of your career? And have you seen the recent pandemic of 2020 change anything here, accelerate things or not? Yeah, I think if we're just sort of just a step back, I think that May in, in I've been in the industry for 30 years, but I think for probably 15 years I've been focusing on sustainability. I wouldn't say it became obvious to me when I was a when when I was only 16. I guess it was obvious to me when I was sort of mid mid career, so maybe halfway through my career, so maybe 15 years ago. But in terms of how has COVID, what's the consequence of COVID on on that situation? I think it's accelerated the situation. I think it's shown that. That for the pharmaceutical sector, you've seen they can deliver now. You know what used to take years and years, five or so years, to get a drug to market. It's been weeks. You know, so I think that um, in, in fact, what's what's shown is that the pharmaceutical sector can be more efficient. Full stop. You know, it can go from a five-year window to a five-week window if the if the desires there and the commitments there, then it then it can be done. And and it's the same for. It's the same for energy efficiency, really. I think if there's a commitment to do it and a, and a desire to do it, which I think that is that is developing, then it will happen. It just takes a long time. There are very, we're a very conservative, let's say, industry. We don't really like change. We are heavily regulated. The regulators don't really like change. So, and it's taken me 15 years to re-understand what I thought I knew all about uh, pharmaceutical manufacturing and R&D to challenge the norms because the norms were set many years ago and weren't really based on uh, energy optimization. They didn't really care, let's say, um, and now and now it's more it's more of a problem. And within the whole area of action of sustainability improvement, you seem to focus specifically on reducing energy energy consumption. And reducing CO2 emissions. So, a few questions: What is the main reason for that focus? And are perhaps companies focusing on other areas that might not be as impactful? Yeah, I think the area of energy consumption, CO2 emissions, are because of my background. I think because I'm a, a building services engineer, and because I build facilities, then that's where my core competence lies really uh, in in that area but i mean the, the but the facts are that that as i mentioned before for many years they didn't really worry about energy and carbon emissions or emissions full stop i think now that they are becoming a more sustainable sector then they're naturally looking towards all natural resources uh, in fact, that's what my business does. It, it focuses on natural resource optimization because what's going to happen is that you're going to get customers in the pharma se- pharmaceutical sector wanting to know what the carbon footprint of the products are, and and, and maybe it'll become a, a differentiator 
to some extent. Some some drugs are specific and and targeted to various types of uh, ailment, but there are some more generic ones that maybe will be um, compared from a uh, carbon uh, footprint perspective. So just in the way that today we see the amount of calories on our food or the amount of sugar, uh, that this the carbon footprint is going to be part of the perhaps the labeling. Absolutely. Planes even have energy efficiency certificates, fridges, all white goods, you know. Uh, so it, it naturally is about how much energy went into delivering that product and how, how much does it contaminate the planet you know, okay, it's a slightly different situation when you need that drug to to stay healthy or to fight the disease. Um, so maybe that is less of an issue. But for the ones more like uh, paracetamol and the various other products that are out there, I think that that will be that will that will be situ- situation. Plus, uh, in the UK, um, one of the biggest customers for pharmaceutical products is the NHS. And, and there was a piece of work done probably 10 or 15, maybe 10 years ago, where they understood the, the carbon footprint of the NHS. And the pharmaceutical sector was a significant proportion of that carbon footprint. So if the NHS is looking to reduce its carbon emissions, you can see where it's going to go. It's going to go look square in the eyes of the pharmaceutical sector and say, what are you doing to um, reduce my carbon footprint? Right. Something you mentioned to me prior to, to starting recording is that some companies are apparently avoiding the demand side of energy reduction and opting for the expensive side, which is supply side improvement. Can, can you explain a little <laughs> it, bit what that yeah, means? Yeah, it, it feels like to me looking looking from, looking from at the industry, um, sort of stepping back and looking, looking at the industry from a... One way to reduce the carbon emissions is to simply buy carbon neutral energy which is fine electric carbon neutral electric is is readily available and i guess it comes from all the wind farms etc that are, are now in place certainly in the uk but that doesn't really deal with the problem if there's a lot of waste then we're still wasting energy even if the energy we're wasting is carbon neutral we're still wasting energy that could be provided to somebody else at a cheaper price to make them uh, their improve to improve their carbon footprint, and the reason for that is, I think I think they can afford to buy it. I don't think they're really challenged yet to reduce their energy costs first before they supplement it with 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 green energy uh, supply initiatives. But the but the demand side, as I said, there's loads and loads of waste in the demand side process of manufacturing these products, which doing it correctly can 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 be delivered even even more cheaply than than what it would cost to provide green electric to support that yeah so before going to big heavy investments in green electricity or solar electricity you know they should focus on what you call the 3 Rs right absolutely reduce refine replace the 3 Rs have been around forever <laughs> you know that it's applied to everything you know that that's the the triple bottom line really so yes i think that uh, with the right direction and it's taken a while because i say they are we are a a, a conservative in, in industry we don't really like change you know um and we're heavily regulated which which is a challenge but it's not it's not something that's insurmountable 
Now, thinking about the pharmaceutical industry, and you know, many of our listeners are operations leaders, meaning VPs of manufacturing or plant managers. Uh, why should they prioritize sustainability today, as you know, opposed to being just a vague long-term priority that most companies have? Because I think that it's not tomorrow's problem anymore; it's today's problem. It really is today's problem that we need to solve. We've been we've been talking about this. It feels like, in my mind, we've been talking about this for for at least ten years. And large companies have started to top down state their ambitions to be reduce carbon, zero carbon, carbon neutral, whatever whatever they want to state. But certainly a commitment to reducing their carbon footprint, reducing their emissions, and being a more more a sustainable business, and and it's good. It is good for business. Sustainability is good for business. It saves money. It it, it mitigates risk of of energy supply. It makes you a more a better corporate citizen. There's no. I would say that they're running out of reasons not to do it. <laughs> There's no more excuses now. Absolutely, and I think that maybe you know I think they'll see on the horizon is these their customers saying what are you doing about it. And also carbon taxes that will be the, the the stick rather than the carrot. Exactly. Now, on the technology side, are there any solutions or trends that you see that are having a real impact on sustainability today? I think we've been through what I've seen over the past sort of five years. We've been through and harvested all the low-hanging fruit. And what I mean by that are the more simple opportunities like LED lighting, has been fantastic. Um, the 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 application of inverters onto motors and pumps has been great. It means you can run them at a better direct drive um, pumps and fans and and I'm being facility specific here, so forgive me for that. But all those technologies now, I think what we've done, we've harvested, uh, be a cliche, but harvested the low hanging fruit, and now we've got to climb up the tree a little bit further to get to the more awkward-to-reach opportunities. I, I think that there are opportunities, and I think it's about trust and experience and commitment to deliver um, and not just... It's actually walking the talk, and there's quite a number of companies now doing that. AstraZeneca have just come out with their updated position on on sustainability, and they are definitely walking the talk, as are GSK and others. But what we'll also find is that as societies get older, the demand on products and drugs will get will be greater. So we have to do things better as well because you know if we would just reduce energy but then build another facility, <laughs> then we've not really made any difference. Nigel, when people think about sustainability efforts in companies, they even well we tend to think that. It's mostly top-down initiatives by management, but is there any way that frontline employees can make an impact? Absolutely. What I'm seeing now is is top-down is meeting bottom-up, and that and that was always the problem that that in the middle or towards the bottom, it didn't really start. It didn't really the message didn't get there. It's more almost a mantra that wasn't delivered. But now, as we're saying, some companies are definitely walking the talk, and I think it's the people on the ground. In working in these facilities that have that fully understand how they work, and they know the opportunities that can be delivered. I mean, again, I, I'm working with a, a number of major pharma companies, and and I'm seeing when you go into the some of these facilities and speak to the the technicians and the operators, 
they know where the problems are. They know where the opportunities are. It's just now, because there's that top and bottom of meeting, actually, people are being heard and and they're being able to deliver uh, those changes, which, which tend to also be improve, reduce maintenance can also be an outcome. Um, less waste, of course. So definitely the people, the boots on the ground should definitely be listened to because they will have, they will know where the opportunities um, are. Absolutely. We shouldn't underestimate even the incremental improvements on, on sustainability efforts. Nigel, what have you changed your mind about in the last few years? Is there anything going on that has surprised you? Uh, it, what surprises how long it's taken to for these companies to catch up. It, it, it really has. Uh, but but uh, and and what's changed my mind is that now they've caught up, they're actually delivering. You know, and I think that's what's what surprised me is that it's no longer rhetoric. It's it's real now. They're actually they're actually trying to make a difference, and and it is a priority for the for the expenditure. I'm seeing. That they'd rather spend money on energy efficiency than than other things, which is which is fantastic. In the past, you'd have you'd have been in competition with with production for in, enhanced efficiency uh, in terms of product and improved profit. But now they're focusing on spending money, reducing their 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 energy uh, their energy costs, reducing their carbon emissions, uh, which is fantastic. Is is as I say, it's walking the talk. Well, with this positive and optimistic note, Nigel, I'd like to say thank you. How can people find out more about you and your services other than trying to go knocking around the doors of Manchester? <laughs> they, they, can, they, can, they can reach me via LinkedIn. Uh, I have a, a reasonable presence on LinkedIn, uh, Nigel.Lenigan. And also they can reach me at my, um, at my email address, Nigel.Lenigan at energyandcarbon.co.uk, all in one word. So yeah, reach out and I can, you know, even if it's just questions, I'm happy to happy to to help the industry become more sustainable. Great. And I I will include these links and information in the show notes. Nigel, thank you so much for being with us today and hope to hear about you soon again. All right, thank you very much for your time. This podcast is brought to you by Rever, the frontline excellence platform. Rever connects the people who identify problems with the people who can solve them within your organization. Rever is an easy-to-use app that empowers your frontline employees to collaborate, identifying and solving problems, and improving existing processes at the source. Visit reverscore.com to learn how plant managers in companies like Toyota, GlaxoSmithKline, Mitsubishi, Mars, and Grupo Bimbo have saved millions of dollars by connecting their frontline employees and improving productivity with Rever. Visit reverscore.com.